welcome to another 40 guard threat intelligence podcast this one is special to us since it's international podcast day and once again i have my good friend omar with me omar how are things over there it is wonderful i'm enjoying a nice quiet evening in texas i have my apple cider and my texas barbecue next to me so i am ready for uh, the podcast that sounds like a very nice environment you are. Um, nevertheless, we do have to talk a little bit about the current happenings in cyberspace. Um, we released our Global Threat Landscape Report a couple of weeks ago. And we do have some topics which I, I really want to address here. And one of them is for sure the, the strong increase in ransomware, where we have seen in the last 12 months uh, over a 10x amount of attacks which are happening against all these enterprises all these smes and uh, keeping the defensive side very very busy yeah jonas i have to ask you every time i look at a thread landscape report for the last couple of years every time i discuss it with anyone anytime i talk about any type of threats, it's always, hey, you know what, ransomware has increased, you know, uh, you know, so many times this year than it was last year. And it seems like it's a common theme. I mean, um, I'm always wondering, do you think we're like going to be hit, plateauing on this uh, and on this theme? Or is it just going to keep on going like higher and higher? Are we never do, Is there an end to this like ransomware or are the payments just going to get bigger or the attacks just going to increase in volume? I mean, I'm just kind of curious what you think about that. It's a, it's a good question, Or I, I do think we are still in a growing phase. Uh, we didn't plateau yet because the more and more systems are connected with the internet, the more and more opportunities these guys have to make money, um, definitely they will go after it. At, at some point, there's only so much growth, which, um, which is possible. But I think ransomware is such a good practice for them to make money. It's, um, it's something which is very reliable. They are in a very strong position once they have access to all these environments. And with the growth from the ransomware as a service environment, I don't see it really stopping um, anytime soon. What about you? Yeah, I, I I always have to wonder: Are the cyber criminals almost uh, hurting themselves? Because you know they're not; they're obviously you know they're probably not working together. At least uh, not not holistically. Maybe maybe a few groups. Maybe I, I think that's a little debatable. We won't get into that. But but you know, as a you know, as if you take a the, take a look at the cybercrime ecosystem, at one point you know people are going to have that fatigue to pay. They're going to be like enough is enough because right now it's easy. Let's let's, let's you know for all. You know, practical purposes, it's easy to pay and get your data back. At one point, you know, once there's enough pain, I think that's when changes are going to happen. And it's almost like the cyber criminal community is almost hurting themselves because the more they, uh, the more cyber crime happens, the more ransomware occurs, uh, the more pain that it causes. Uh, you know, in the environment holistically, maybe not by an individual group, but like I said, if we take the the the, the macro sum of everything, I think it could could be an issue. And I'm wondering, you know, where does that where does that lie? Is are we are we getting to that tipping point? Because there's obviously not unlimited money for payments. There there is going to be that tipping point. And when do we get to that tipping point? Yeah, that's it's a really good question. But what really adds a lot of fuel to the fire is I just have this playbook report from one of these ransomware groups, Conti, which is one of the biggest ones, uh, which is super active and successful. And it's like a 28 page playbook just for um, active directory service attacks. And 
man, it's, it's super detailed. They explain step-by-step step what to look for, how to get domain admin, what kind of sensitive files to look for, which privilege escalation techniques they are using. And this is some, um, some stuff which will definitely be used by other um, skilled or less skilled individuals to cause a lot of harm. So the more support we see from that angle, I don't see people stop making money with ransomware anytime soon. Yeah, you know, you bring up uh, you bring up a good point because one of the questions that I get asked a lot, and uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll uh, definitely you know hand this back the ball over to you because I'm interested in your viewpoint. But you know, why why can't we stop ransomware? Because we know what ransomware is doing is changing files on a disk, right? That's you know, relatively speaking, that's you know, an easy process to kind of look after files are being changed on the disk. And then we're changing multiple files, you know, at some sort of, you know, you know, time lapsed, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, type type motion where these files are, are changing. Yes, ransomware is getting a little smarter where it's not changing all the files as fast as possible. It's like taking a little bit more slower motion to avoid detection. But why, why can't we stop that? That's what all ransomware does. doesn't matter, you know, if we're talking about ransomware from, you know, um, five years ago to the ransomware that's just coming out today, we're using the most sophisticated efforts. Why is it so hard to, you know, stop a ransomware when we know what the behavior already is? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really good question. Um, sometimes based on the techniques they are capable of detecting um, what kind of security layers are in place and are disabling them. The catch with ransomware, in my opinion, is often people are reacting to the encryption part. So once the systems are encrypted and the messages pop up, hey, um, you are hacked, there's a ransom you need to pay, that's where people's attention is, um, is rising. But in my opinion, we focus not enough on the root cause. And the root cause, in my opinion, is these threat actors, they spend days, weeks, sometimes even months in corporate networks, and no one is aware about it. So they have more than enough time to gather all the data and still exfiltrate all the data which they're interested in taking care of the backup systems and disabling these security layers so they can make sure once they have access to the whole environment with domain admin they can run whatever they want so the problem in my opinion is not just the execution part of the malware itself it's really the, the root cause that threat actors are spending so much time in corporate networks and if they take over a whole network then it's much easier for them to execute these kind of ransomware attacks because they are pretty much domain admin. All right, Jonas, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a pass because uh, you know you you so uh, you know you so sophisticatedly uh, avoided my direct question, but uh, but but I do agree with you uh, that uh, that I do think that you, you know you're not, we're not addressing the main problem with the initial access, initial exploitation, and and uh, you know as you mentioned that uh, you know the ransomware is just one component of that attack. Also, I think one good thing that I just want to kind of touch on that you mentioned is when you mentioned the Conti playbook. This is the threat act guide on how they attack systems and what we're seeing over and over again is they're attacking systems not by like nor not normally by like zero days now of course this year uh, we've had some some significant zero days that have uh, led to massive access and data breaches and vulnerabilities that are out there but uh but for the most part it's gaining administrator access either through social engineering through phishing through other means as well so it doesn't really matter like what kind of security software you have if you uh, are disabling that you allow that you have admin access on that system um you're pretty much in uh you know master of the universe mode at that point so it doesn't really matter so so uh I, I think you have a good point. And 
attackers these days are doing many other types of attacks on systems and organizations before we get to the ransomware component. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, something which which definitely keeps us busy. And then talking about stuff which keeps us busy, when we look at the weekly or daily top 10 threats which we see, which we are monitoring with all our systems, there's this uh, Trojan called Crixos, which is very often in one of the top five spots um, uh, which takes one of the top five spots almost every single day um, which op which is running a malicious javascript cry file on websites and when they when the user runs the script or when he visits the website the script runs and it will display a notification message that makes it appear as though the user's device is infected with a, vi with a virus and the user is urge to give a call to a certain number for technical support for removing the infection. So um, can you walk us a little bit through how this whole attack campaign works? Yeah, you know, this is an interesting attack because it is, it is you know, kind of making, uh, you know, the, the charts, I would say, from, you know, the volume of attacks that we're seeing. But what's, what's funny about this is this is like the original, like the OG type of attack uh, from ransomware. I, you know, I remember years ago how um, malware used to work on computers as you used to get a message saying you've been infected by a virus, you know, please click here or call this number and buy this, you know, cleanup tool and you're fine, even though you may have not been infected at all. And that's really where the term scareware started from, right? This is what, what this type of malware is, is it's scareware. It's not, you know, at least the initial part of it is scareware that it's really trying to, you know, get, make you frightened, make you scared into paying money somehow. And that's that's exactly what this attack is. We haven't seen scareware attacks, you know, for a long time. Like a lot of attackers have, you know, moved on to much much more sophisticated and much more, I would say, kinetic-based attacks where attacks are where they're actually, you know, doing something, actually causing harm, destroying data. But uh, what, you know, Scareware seems to be effective technique and it's back again. And in this case, you're basically getting a pop-up message saying, please call this number. This is the same thing as, you know, getting a phone call from, you know, some sort of IT comp company saying, hey, there's a problem with your computer. You're causing harm to someone else. You know, please pay us and we're going to take care of this problem for you. We've seen these attacks over and over again. And you know what? They don't have to be just limited to, uh, you know, there's a virus on your computer. Sometimes uh, you may get a pop-up saying, hey, you're going to a website that's, you know, a little distasteful. Like, uh, you know, how would you like it if we leak that information? Uh, you know, we, we'll leak that information if you don't pay us and call this number. So there's other tactics in Scareware as well. Uh, but uh, in this particular case, it's just, hey, you're, you have malware on your computer, you have viruses on your computer, call us, give us your credit card, and we'll, we'll fix it remotely. They hardly do anything. Sometimes they're not, they're not even on your computer. Other times they have you run a very simple command like listing a directory or something like that. And they say, oh, we fixed it and that's that's all how it works and you know if you don't know any better you've just paid them some money and that's the best case scenario the worst case scenario is they have your credit card you they have other personal information around about you and they're using that for identity theft or uh just fraud and uh you know credit card fraud or something of that nature yeah i think it's definitely an interesting scam because they also target a different audience for example from my experience i was digging a little bit deeper 
when I came across them because I always felt like who's who's even going to call them? I mean, this is just a random number. Even though some Crixos variants, they actually play audio recordings once you visit their website. So it's it's super creepy. This this voice starts talking to you which number you need to call. So I was thinking, which generation is, is really doing that? Because for, from my opinion, when we look about the, our age group, I don't really see a lot of people falling for this. But then I went a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole. And I have seen when it, whenever it came to this skull, um, scam calls, it's mainly the elderly generation which gets targeted um, quite frequently. So it's, it's super interesting. There are some, some very popular YouTubers actually who who try to help these people out and they mess with the call centers and they provide like information into their playbooks, how they, they run, what kind of messages they're interacting with their, with, with these people and then trying to convince them that they actually need to pay some money. And it's super surprising how much money is actually getting gathered with these kind of uh, scam calls. And because we see so much data um, so, so much data, regarding these scam attacks it must be a super super um successful one because otherwise they wouldn't waste their time with this one yeah i i don't know how successful it is i'm, I'm imagining it is but i also also think it's a numbers game um you are going to get me on a little bit of a soapbox here because i i do think you know uh, the elderly do get you know taken advantage of not only from a cyber crime perspective but from other types of crimes as well. And, you know, they don't have an advocate a lot of times. They don't have a representative that can help them in a lot of ways. And, you know, when, uh, you know, and sometimes they are, they are scared. Uh, they are, uh, you know, uh, you know, they are uh, unsure what's happening. They're afraid they will get in trouble. And, and I do, I do encourage like people, you know, uh, you, you say like our, our generation may, may not fall for that. I, I want to touch on that for a second and a second here. But, but one, one thing I do want to, um, you know, tell people is like, you know, if even if, when you go to the grocery store, uh, and this happened to me a couple of years ago, I, I saw, you know, an elderly, uh, elderly gentleman, and he, he was, uh, you know, buying like several gift cards, like five or six gift cards at $500 a piece. And I was like, I just had to stop him. I was like, hey, what's going on here? I kind of knew what was going on. I, I figured that he was being scammed on the phone or something. And I, and I spoke with him uh, and, uh, you know, you know, we took care of that situation. And I think even now, like a lot of clerks and stuff in grocery stores, they're, they're kind of like more trained than they used to be. But I think we should all be vigilant. We should all kind of look out for that. But I do want to mention that although the elderly are getting scammed, I think sometimes we take it for granted since we are in IT and you shouldn't discount like how difficult security is for anyone in any generation. We think about, we have the advantage of thinking about it all the time, 24 by seven. That's all we think about. I know when me and you talk, we like our hobbies are like looking at, uh, you know, shows and movies and stuff that have like cybercrime components or, uh, you know, something to that nature. We're, we're definitely, we're definitely, you know, um, you know, burst in a, in a, in the cybercrime community and the IT community. And that's not, that's not fair because a lot of other people aren't. And I think we need to, you know, uh, take into account and, uh, and more awareness for, for the rest of the world, really, regardless of age. But once again, um, I, as I agree with you, I think the elderly is probably targeted, taken advantage of on multiple types of crimes. Yeah, definitely. Omar, before wrapping this up, I want to spread some, some good vibes because we always talk about these negative events, about these hacks, but I think we, we should also be proud and support and spread the message more about the positive events coming out. And one of them, in my opinion, looking back over the last couple of months is definitely the engagement with law enforcement and how more and more successful they are when it comes to bringing down these botnets, uh, Emotet, 
probably the most popular one, but even other groups have been heavily disrupted, like Egregor, uh, Netwalker, and Club ransomware operation groups, which um, which shows that the private and public between um, our relationship with law enforcement is is, is working. Um, it it we do make the life much much more difficult for these cybercrime gangs, and I think it's it's very important that we keep contributing and participating in such actions and contributing to their cases so they can be successful with local law enforcement to really disrupt the cybercrime industry because otherwise no one is going after them and they have no risk and if there's no risk involved there's only upsides and uh, again that's why maybe ransomware is growing so much because they feel like there's no risk so why not take the upside opportunities here yeah, you know, you you now definitely have uh, have me flowing here because I do think this year will be remembered as as the year that that we as a community, as a uh, as a as a generation, said we're not going to take this anymore. That we are going to stand up to cybercrime. We are going to start looking as a society of what this impact has on on us as a people. And I think that right now there is so much talk on you know how to how to handle things like you know uh, you know ransomware payments on how uh, you know if uh, cryptocurrency exchanges, you know, how they should be treated, especially if, uh, you know, they are, uh, you know, have been involved in, uh, you know, the facilitating cybercrime payments. There's so much discovery, uh, there's so much um, uh, education going on by all forms of government, by people, by uh, society on exactly how cybercrime works. And I think this is an exciting time because although we haven't, uh, you know, we haven't uh, quite quite, uh, you know, uh, reached uh, the top of the mountain yet, uh, we've decided uh, to actually focus on where, where that path is and start walking down that path. And, uh, and I think uh, we are starting to see some good things around that. We are starting to see takedowns of major groups. We are starting to see, um, you know, access to threat actors having access to their money, probably a little more difficult, right? And uh, at least we're, we're, we're hoping that's what we're hearing. That's where all the things are going through. And, and I think it is, I think from the evidence we've seen and from the news, from the public, uh, you know, uh, a public post uh, that seems to be where it's going. So I'm, I'm excited about that, and I, and I hope that we can say when we look back again at this next year that this was the year where we decided to stand up, and we're not going to, we're not going to take it anymore. Yeah, I, I highly agree. It is something which is really important because we used to protect against individual computers, then networks, then bigger environments, but we are at the point where it's really about protecting society and civilization so it's good to see that we are stepping up all together our game and being more 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 successful and uh, making them the, um, making it much more difficult and disrupting these kind of events for sure absolutely all right Amar I think um, we're already 20 minutes in so uh, it was very nice to have you again but for now we we wrap this up and uh, see you next time again on the Guard Threat Intelligence Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in and being here once again. Hey, thank you again, my friend.